Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Drange Penguin Podcast, episode 18. Uh, volume 2. Uh, check out the website, derangepenguin.com, in case you're unfamiliar with that. I changed it up a little bit, so now it's not just like all the episodes in the front page. It's like the last six. And then you can just go, you know, look at the archive and you can see all the other ones we did. You know? So that's how you can get back to those other Very things. convenient. Yeah. Dull, for you your browsing thing? pleasure. Yeah. I was looking at the website, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never been to Del's, it. Del's fact-checking you. <laughs> Del's one of those people. He's like, I, yeah, I've actually never watched one of my movies. Like, if he's an actor. Like, <laughs> so, how do you think of your performance? I don't watch movies, actually. Uh, what company uh, do I, I work for? I've, I've never know. never read about it. Yeah. Okay. Never had any of this coffee we sell. I know. Why would you drink your own coffee? <laughs> That's weird. Um, yeah, so you, I mean, third Greece. Uh, um, we could tell uh, uh, what you call it. Uh, what was I gonna say? We we didn't tell you. We're telling you up front now. Usually we just start the show. You know what I mean? We're switching it up on you. Uh, again, if you're new here, you're, there's gonna be a gap in time between episodes, just a couple weeks. That's how we keep it fresh. We've done this podcasting before, and you can get burnt out where you're just. Throwing out something Never. out there. You're just podcasting, but nobody wants to listen to it. It's just nothing, right? You guys always want to listen, right? I mean, always. if you're crazy uh, or something like that. I mean, I, I can tell some people are getting backed up because, you know, like the regular people you check in. You're like, hey, what do you think? Uh, you've been listening to the show? And they're like, you got to uh, eat your I'm raisin bran. few behind, actually. You know, so it's a way for you to catch up. I have, like, opened up my feed sometimes and I see, like, I'm, like, 30 episodes behind film spotting podcast or something like i'm not gonna catch up to that i would just have to find one so you just give up right yeah just never a little bit, again. yeah, yeah it's like a reader it. or google reader or something like that you checked and you're like you know what it ain't gonna happen man. i got too much to read i'm not gonna read any of these is google reader still a thing no they killed it okay good because i felt really behind on life when you said that no i mean i'm <laughs> just that's uh, a very old school reference old internet reference Oh, now I feel in the know. Elder millennial reference, maybe, you know? Throw that out there. I've never even heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, there you go. Podcast. Everybody has a podcast now. Everybody's getting into paid podcasts, subscription uh, only podcasts. Ours is still free. It's sponsored by, oh, it's still an Alton Brown joke, (laughs) derangepingo.com. So, this past week, uh, was Father's Day, and I've been. I was the most father. Well, it was I've actually been. this week. Whatever. It's, Isn't Sunday the yeah, first day yeah, of the sure. week? I operate on Mondays, the first day kind of thing. Like Sunday, yeah, technically the first day of the week, but to me, to you, no. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, technically, but no. Okay, got first it. First day of the week is Monday. So I mean, you know. So yeah, it was Father's Day on Sunday. Anybody celebrate it? I was the most father that I ever was. Yeah, and, uh, you're like three fathering children. it up. Yeah, <laughs> too many kids, man. Catch up, Dell. Everybody, tr- uh, I have no intention to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine not being not being. Good <laughs> you don't want to run that race. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I nope. mean, yeah, so don't do it. We went to the museum today, right? This is unrelated to Father's Day. We went to uh, the museum today, and there was a lot of dadding involved. Like I was. I was like, man, this is a cool exhibit, but I couldn't look at it for too long because then I had to make sure one kid wasn't climbing up on stuff. The other kid wasn't touching it. You know what I mean? 
And then the other kid is like sleeping, making that. You know, the new guy was the only one that was uh, good, I guess, because he just slept the whole thing. Slept the whole time. Quality kid in I there. I was so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets pushed around in a chariot. I know. Guy. Must be nice. But yeah, uh, yeah, we did celebrate Father's Day. Uh, I don't know how my children booked a brunch somewhere. That That's kind of weird. They're cool like that. I guess. They asked their mom, Mom, I think uh, we They use their brunch. resources. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh yeah, so we we did. We went out and we did some uh, in the pandemic kind of activities. We brunched somewhere out of doors. Uh Gina, what's your review of it? It was a little scary. Um being outside feels mostly normal. Seeing a lot of people is a little bit odd. Especially seeing more people without masks all the time now. Yeah. Um, but when we approached the restaurant, I was expecting a host or hostess to be outside. And they were not. And it was then I realized I'd forgotten my mask in the car. So I was kicking myself. And I, did, I didn't want to enter the premises. I didn't want to go inside without my mask. I felt afraid. Especially because when I opened the door to peek in to see where I needed to go, there was nothing but unmasked people in there. Not not just people eating, which is what you would expect, but all the people waiting to be seated or whatever. Not not a mask in sight. And I was like, I, I don't know you guys. I don't know if you're vaccinated or healthy or what have you. I didn't want to go breathe in their what have. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I mean, we're in Texas, right? There's that patchy kind of imp- implementation now, right? Like, basically, the governor said, whatever, y'all do it however you want now. Right? He just kind of washed his hands of it. Texas is open. And so a lot of uh, businesses are, are be- left to their own devices. And they've adopted the, the approach, pretty much, that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. If you're not, you need to wear a mask, or we'd like you to wear a mask, or something like that. But there's no enforcement of this. It's just a lot of masks encouraged. Now, um, like I'm fully vaccinated. Gina's in the middle of being vaccinated. Halfway there. Uh, Our children are not, right? And they're like younger than 12. So they're not going to be for the foreseeable future. I think the earliest they said it's like October that maybe they would have one even available for tiny children. Um, So so there's a lot of, uh, I said, just like we got like mixed mixed group here um my mom and my dad who are in our bubble sort of um and like i guess our mother-in-law right your mom right there they're all Mm -hmm. vaccinated fully vaccinated so when we go out or like plan anything together there's a little bit of like planning and coordination and we kind of you know like we went to a baseball game you know i mentioned that on one of the things i did eat a lot of food i mentioned we were gonna go there we could talk a little bit about that i took the children with my dad to a baseball game minor league baseball and like i said it was a good time and here's here's the if you're going to to these games don't buy a ticket in advance there's always somebody out there with a free ticket and i did so i followed my own advice went out there somebody's like hey i got four free tickets right behind home plate you know basically the choicest seats where like the you know the uh uh Foul tips were going to hit us right in the face if we're leaning on the fence, which my children were doing because you know, <laughs> they're children. They're like, what's the most dangerous thing I could be doing? I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so there's a lot of like, hey, get back. Uh, what's what? Are we again? Get back. Get off of there. Don't climb that. Don't do that. Don't touch it. Don't eat that off the floor. Uh, don't you know? Don't put your tongue on the concrete. A lot of that stuff. One kid did crawl in the bathroom, so you know. Oh, and you abandoned that kid, right? Uh, I tried to, but they said no. You got to take this home. I think once they touch a bathroom floor, you just have to yeah, leave them there. No, I, I think that <laughs> that leak. That's the sign that the kid's gonna be in foster care now. <laughs> um. Anyway, it was a good time. I ate a lot of popcorn, right? And it was like, just give me a hot dog with onions. Uh, I'll take another beer and a hot dog. And, uh, you know, that was my dinner. That was our dinner. Right? I told the kids, you're going to eat terribly. Uh, they're like, can we have cotton candy? Yes, you can have cotton candy. They got really crazy. They're, they're like, like I don't know what terribly means, Dad, but you seem to be giving me some amazing food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this I, food, now they're going to go around being like, this food is terrible. Right. When they love it. Well, when I mean, yeah, something. you try to get them some, like, potatoes. They're like, this is not cotton candy. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's what, anecdote. My mom, right, she was over for, like, breakfast. And I was giving her waffles, right? So the littlest kid had some waffles. Uh, she didn't get any syrup. So I was, like, pouring syrup. See, here's the thing I know is that kid does not like syrup. She's a weirdo. And I'm not going to, you know. I'm going to say, no, eat the syrup, kid. I mean, like, it's fine. <laughs> Usually it goes the other way, where they're begging for syrup or sweets. Right. She doesn't like syrup. She says, not a mine. So, you know, I just raise your hand if you want syrup. And then, you know, one kid, I do. I want the syrup. I want a lot of syrup. I was like, I'll give you a little bit of syrup. Anybody else? And she's like, no, not for me. Says the little kid. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, but my mom sees this, and she's like, God, he's just like mean to his youngest, you know, kid there. What's his problem? She's like, I'll give you some syrup. And she poured, and a drop hit her waffle, and my kid just screamed bloody murder. She's like, no, what are you doing? My mom was freaked out. Like, what's happening? I was like, she doesn't like syrup. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. You're torturing me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, uh, I will concur, agree. I'll be in agreeance and agreeancy with Gina there that it was a little packed in that little area. Like, it wasn't planned well enough, I think. Uh, also, the hostess was on the same elevator as us, like coming from the garage. I, I don't think she was quite prepared to do anything. Uh, this particular restaurant we went to was, uh, I think it's kind of falling down. It's at one of the the cooler spots in San Antonio. It was like on the cutting edge. It was one of the newer places in, in town, and it was good for a long time. They've since opened a couple newer restaurants, and I think that place has kind of gotten lonely. Yeah, I'd agree. And this is before the pandemic came around where, like, uh, it's not just like, well, you know, they're paying their, their employees terrible wages. Pandemic made everybody suck or something. No. It was going downhill. Like, Gina, what did you order for uh, brunch there? Uh, steak and eggs. Had the steak medium. Was it good? Eh. They put – so I think it's a bad sign when you order steak and eggs and the steak comes drenched in sauce. <laughs> um. That whatever's under that sauce is probably not that great, and that was the case. Was it a sauce derived from, you know, like was it a pan sauce, like deglazed from the uh, the meat there? I I don't think so. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a thing. I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't that great. I mean, I feel like steak and eggs is pretty hard to mess up, and you really don't have to try that hard. To achieve something really good, Dang, like fancy, fancy lady salt over and pepper, and it's amazing. Gordon Ramsay, huh? You know, just I uh, mean, hot pan. <laughs> just a nice sear. Uh, is that too much to ask for? 
Yeah, it was a little chewy. That piece of steak, like not in a good way. I mean, look. And it was all cut up. I don't know you. I don't know you guys, steak guys. Do you like your steak pre-cut? Uh, I don't was, personally, but I have been served really good steaks that way. It was like in bites. No, yeah, like, like in slices. strips, yeah. but uh, it just it was so it was all kind of lukewarm uh, I already. Think, and I think if you do that, you gotta serve it now. Like yeah, you have to do it. Like, and they didn't. They were. Yeah, it sat and wait, waited for the rest of the food. So the, it's not. That's not my deal. Because the other way, it holds it. You, you keep it contained. It holds its heat and its and, warmth. And, and I want to cut it. I'll say what size bite <laughs> I want. You want this size bite? You don't tell me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. Yeah, it was, it's kind of odd. I mean, it's, it's, I've, I've seen it served that way. Hey, you're you're gonna yeah. come you gonna come visit us, right, Dell? I'm gonna take a meeting. You want you want a mediocre breakfast? <laughs> we got you, <laughs> let's go. I'm we got you covered with the with the strips of we, steak. We know just so, the I place. Mean, down to this place, I have recommended to other people. They're like, "What should we get?" Well, you know, when we lived at the Pearl, uh, call out downtown in San Antonio, uh, I was like, "Yeah, you can go here. It's fine. They got a good hangover hash. It's really good. I like it." And so when I got there, you know, that's where we got for for this brunch. I ordered that because I knew it was going to be good. Uh, you know, I ordered a pancake order, and I split it between the children. Big, gigantic pancake. Very fluffy. It was good. They enjoyed it. Um, but I saw that steak and eggs, and I was like, you know what? I want steak and egg, but I know it's not going to be good. I've had it before, and I was unimpressed. Yeah, and I yeah told you, you I was, warned me. <laughs> I was like, it's not going to be good, but, you know. And it wasn't. So my meal was good. It was fine, and it was, but it was not exciting because I've had it before. I mean, like it's in that way, very first world problems. Like, oh, you know, I haven't had, you know, I wanted something new and pushing it forward in my my gastronomy. But you know, whatever. It was a good time, Father's Day, type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Took pictures yeah. with him, you know, the way you do, and make him go home, go to sleep. So Dell, this was your first Father's Day. Did you? Did you celebrate it? Did you feel like it was Father's Day for you? Or are you kind of um, like, not yet, not officially? My wife was out of town. <laughs> um, <laughs> and But she did wake me up calling me Sunday morning uh, to tell me Happy Father's Day. And Aww. so that was kind of a taste of like, you know. Being annoyed by your kids, we know you. Yeah. You know, how do you want to celebrate? Getting your sleep Day? interrupted. You want to sleep <laughs> in? Yeah, sleep in. You know, do what you want to do, play video games. But no, you gotta go do things. You know, your kids yeah. are like, no. so Sarah was playing that role really well on Sunday morning. No, it was, <laughs> it, it was good. I um, I went went and did sound at my church, and then my family had had lunch, and my dad cooked steaks. Um, and they were excellent. It was a wonderful, it was a good, really good day. It was nice, chill. See, that's, <laughs> I saw a tweet. Somebody goes, uh, uh, that his, his chick just basically just said, like, sent him a text. He was like, nah, man, $300, uh, like, gift, $100 flowers for her on Mother's Day just a month and a half ago. And she just sent me a text. He's like, no, nah, that's it. I'm cheating. Somebody's gonna, somebody's <laughs> gonna, <laughs> uh, you know, appreciate me. So even if I got paid for it. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, but th- there's a little, you know, like whatever. Men are different than women. That kind of whole joke. Uh, there's a lot of there is a lot of that, right? Um, where like dads do 
want the Father's Day a little bit differently than like the Mother's Day. Yeah, the the joke is, as I think it's true, dads want to spend Father's Day with their kids. And mothers want nothing to do with anyone on Mother's Day. <laughs> want to be left the hell alone. <laughs> well, you mean the other way, right? No. No. <laughs> no, don't misunderstand me. <laughs> Leave us alone. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was cool to hang out with the kids or whatever. Like, I, I, it was cool to do that. And I think, um, I don't, I personally don't really think about Father's Day too much. That much. I think it's just kind of another whatever. It's the day just kind of appreciate, like, hey, dad, you know, thanks for, you know, being a dad, whatever. But I I think that especially in social media, you know, times where everybody tries to one up each other all the time, like I'm gonna do this for my dad, and you just all right, just know you end up kind of competing with everybody. Um, so I, yeah, that's cool. You spent some time with your dad. Yeah, made him cook for you though. What is that? You should have cooked. He he wanted to. <laughs> he wanted to do it. Yeah. Let dad do yeah. what makes him happy. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of go there, and then you just kind of listen to Dad, you know, do the stuff. It's like, all right, I'm going to cook yeah. your steaks. All right, Dad, whatever. <laughs> and then he complained because he felt like he didn't cook them as good as he could have. And they were great. They were huge. They were like Does he do a reverse sear? Or does he do a uh, Listen, man, sear? I've been trying to tell, teach him these, like, modern techniques. And, like, <laughs> hey, if you want your steak to be the perfect temperature, try a meat thermometer. You know, they're two inch <laughs> thick steaks. Like, it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> and he refuses. He wants to, he wants yeah. to do it by magic. He, does he, he do by, does he by know intuition. by like the feel of his palm or something? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> he goes by some arbitrary number in his head that he's, that he's made up. That this Just is like, like the feels right. right. Time. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't know why they didn't, they turned out perfect last time. I don't know why they didn't do it right this time. Cause it's probably a different you know? size. There's different, you know what I mean? Different, different, different factors. Like yeah. So many things. <laughs> man. And I was like, man, uh, we talked about it though. He's, he's, he was intrigued, but not willing to take the step, you know, to, I was like, I'll bring my sous vide over. He was like, what's a sous vide? He's never even heard of that. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, I had thought I might cook. I have a, I had a beef timber tenderloin in the freezer. I thought I would pull that out and cook that for the family. Um, but I went over to build Legos with my nephew all weekend. They were staying at my, at boo and pop's house. And, Dad, on Friday when I got there, he showed me the steaks. I was like, okay, he's he's into this. He really wants to do this, so <laughs> I'll let I'll let him do his his steak thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, what did y'all typically do for Father's Day, both of you, growing up? I I was raised by a single mother, so Father's Day was nothing. Or you know, we kind of give a nod to mom as like your dad too. <laughs> mm, I uh. We, I mean, we we acknowledged it. It was probably like that, like a dinner or something. Yeah. Um, but it was never really a big deal. Was never made of it. But I think that, I think there are two multiple things at play. One being that, I think that we, you know, traditionally the man in the, for in the middle of the twentieth century was considered the breadwinner and earned all the money and kind of controlled all the money, and so he bought the gifts we bought lavish gifts for mom 
but didn't didn't really you know why yeah. I guess her dad dad gets anything he wants anyway because he makes all you know makes all the money whatever that stigma at least I'm not saying that's how it was in our family but uh that and then also my dad's love language is gift is is gift giving I think like he likes gifts and that's meaningful for him but mom is my mom is not like that like she does not care about about gifts at all and so I think the way that Mother's Day versus Father's Day Father's Day plays out is more of a, is as much a reflection of like their love languages as much as anything you know what I mean yeah so I think that makes sense yeah I mean I don't I, I think both both days are just kind of a little bit lame in that way but whatever uh, they've both been consumer refined you know mm-hmm. like Mother's Day is like you need to buy a flower like I get uh, you know I bought flowers once upon a time and one eight hundred flowers, like, still emails me. Like, I don't know. It emails me like on any email I have. It just knows where I am at all times. <laughs> and it's like, are you gonna get any flowers for your mom? Do you hate your mom? And he's like, come on, dude. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that. Um, and then you know, you just kind of get blessed with a whole like, you know, it's mom's day, so buy whatever. It's just like, like buy, buy, buy for mom, or you're a bad son. You know, and. And I, I think Dad's kind of there's a, a complicated relationship. I think a lot of it has to do with things that the past hundred years of the you know the role of a dad and who you, know, you said who makes money and that kind of stuff. Um, and, but Father's Day kind of gets lumped in with grads, you know. And mm-hmm. I like to make the joke about dads and grads. I have been a grad. I've been a dad, and I can tell you right now that whatever you were thinking about getting me, it's not good. It's not good. I don't want it. And yeah, yeah for the most part, it is my dad's very much like that. I don't know what to get that guy because he's always getting himself stuff. You know what I mean, like, right? You know, he knows. He's like, look, I bought these, uh, you know, Ray Bans or whatever. He was always buying himself something, a considered purchase, a really fancy pen that he spent a lot of time researching, or whatever. And so, what am I going to get him? Uh, you know, a cheap yeah. pen, a Bic. You know what I mean, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of like, well, and sometimes I've kind of. <laughs> I've got them like books, pens, you know, kind of a watch. I'm kind of out of things. There's only like three or four things he likes. You know what I mean? So it's like eh, everything else I know he got it. And I understand it too because, uh, you know, I think some people have gotten like, hey, you like technology? I'm like, please don't buy me anything because yeah. you're, you're not going to be. you don't like technology. <laughs> you don't know what I like. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, really, just you can just give me a thumbs up and that'd be fine for me because uh, otherwise I'm just going to. To be a little slightly annoyed at this gift that you got me. You know, it's like a little white <laughs> yeah, elephant gift. Like yeah. So I understand that. Uh, uh, Gina, do you feel, how do you feel about Father's Day now that you, there is a father living in your house, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about it as I do about Mother's Day. Like, it's a day to show appreciation for the mothers in your life. And I think that changes over time who those mothers, I mean, you always got your own parents if they're still in your life, but, um, you know, whoever's the closest figure in that role to you, you know, just showing appreciation for that person. I like it. I like to keep, I like to pare it down. So I think there's a lot. Oh, I know. I know how you feel about it. A lot of men. You're not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am in that camp a lot, though, too. Like, I think the kids, when they're old enough to 
the kid, whatever, however many. And they're old enough to do something for mom and acknowledge it. They do that. I'm not responsible for, you know, apart from being like, hey, happy Mother's Day, you know. Like, I got my own mom to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Sons. For me, what I like to do, I think, is um, is to kind of build some good habits. And I try to do this around all the holidays. We try to do this all around the holidays, but... I think, um, like for Mother's Day, right? It's coming up. Like I was telling the kids, like you know, kind of look at them. Like I gotta get something for my mom. It's Mother's Day coming up. You gotta get something for your mom, you know. And then your mom has to get something for her mom, you know. So we need to all think. We all have somebody that we need to, you know, think about, consider, and whatever. And so then, you know, the kids are like, okay, what, what is, you know, what is mom like? I'm like I don't know. She's your mom. You probably should think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, like I said, right now it's kind of they're they're very self, you know their whole lives is we're just giving them stuff. So I'm trying to help them think about somebody else. They don't have a whole lot of agency, you know. So their gifts are pretty terrible. It's like look at this drawing, this non good drawing. Like oh yeah, so you sure did a non good drawing, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, but the the thing is like trying to teach them the thought there, right? Whatever. It's like that's it. You need to think about your mom. It's your Mother's Day. This year was a little weird because you, you cranked out a kid on Mother's Day. Yes. Uh, yeah, so. It's kind of like that day didn't happen. Yeah. It's the best gift of all, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Something. like, I think, uh, <laughs> as, as we, uh, everybody kept saying that, you know, like, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. So I don't know how to react to it. When everybody's like, they were like, hey, I got a best present for you. And I was like, uh, I was like, I, I would courtesy laugh at everybody. Everybody made that joke in, at like, the very I mean, it's the obvious joke, right? Like, right, it is. What's the best thing to get a mother on Mother's Day? A kid makes you a mother. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Did nothing I had me. to say it, too, because it was, it's not very obvious. Low hang, the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a groaner. <laughs> so, like, for my as, as we were leaving, like, for the labor time, I was like, hey, mom, because she came over to watch the, the older kids uh, as Gina was, you know, entering labor and the whole thing. I was like, well, here, mom, here's the gift I got you. Happy Mother's Day. And it was kind of, it was kind of that. It was very, you know, understated. Uh, it was very much like a Father's Day, I think, from, from my mom. Anyway, uh, you know, Father's Day, we went out. Um, had a good time. I think the, the pandemic thing, it's weird. Everybody's just a little bit just like, I don't need a mask anymore. Uh, even like at the museum, you know, they're like, you don't need a mask if you're vaccinated. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people walking around without any masks. And just just by their general demeanor and the vibe they get off, I don't think that they're, you know, they're vaccinated. I think mm. they're lying. <laughs> I think they're deceiving me. And, uh, I mean, that's a little scary considering that the Delta variant is out there. I don't know, slaying people quicker and stuff like that. Is that specifically what's scaring you there, Gina? The Delta? Uh, no, not specifically. And also just, you know, we've got a, a newborn kid. So there's always that. Mm-hmm. Um, even when there was no COVID, um, you know, the other two times we had newborn kids. They, you know, the pediatrician puts a good fear in you about keeping them away from germs and... <laughs> for the first like few months of their life while their immune system's pretty useless and uh so yeah especially now when i'm like there's 
is something to be afraid of for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, should we be carting this, you know, defenseless immune system around? I don't know. I mean, I agree. And we, we had that same approach with our other two kids. Um, like, we didn't take them out to a lot of places uh, or, like, strategically plan some of those things. Like, not a whole lot of crowds, this, that, and whatever the case may be. And, um, uh, like, I have been, like, I've, you know, during this babycation, I've taken, like, the older kids out, like, downtown to just kind of walk around downtown um, or to like a museum or something like that what i try to do is go at times when it's gonna be not crowded right don't do it on the weekend do it on the weekday right take advantage of the weekdayness of it uh now it's a little different it's like summertime whatever but we went to the museum pretty early today there were some kids there but we pretty much had it to ourselves in a lot of areas and once the crowd starts coming in and we we just kind of move kind of get out of the way that kind of thing uh i think that's how you mitigate the risk you obviously can't avoid it at all costs uh, if you're gonna go out and stuff, I'm I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized when you said that about summer, that that's why there were a lot of kids at the museum today. <laughs> I was like, homeschooling must really be catching on. There are a <laughs> lot of kids here. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, oh I don't know what's going on in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is kind of it's it's kind of feel the vibe. It, it, it's a weird thing. Like we, I'm basically on vacation during summer, you know, and it's not been the case. Usually, I don't know the difference between the days. I'm like, it's now it's just hot. It's hot now. It's not hot, you know, that kind of thing. Our kids are not in school yet, so we don't really feel the rhythms of school, like when kids are out or when they're in. Yeah. Um, and I usually just kind of rely on like coworkers or something, and they're like. Oh, yeah, you know, summer vacation. Can't wait for that. Or can't wait for the kids to go back to school. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Where are the TPS reports? You know, like, <laughs> I hear so the y- words. So they don't process well. So y'all are really, like you said, this was like your first kind of like real venture out in the last couple of weeks uh, since the pa- qua- pandemic. A, that's a qualified, yes. Like, it's our first yeah. time to a restaurant. We've been out. Okay. You know, we've gone places. But we've been masked up, prepared. First time with a newborn. Have you been to like Walmart or like something like that, like grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this this was our first restaurant, at least for me. I don't know if you've maybe gone to a restaurant, Adam, in this time, but since last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. It kind of felt weird sitting there. Yeah. We have not been to a single restaurant over this time. Yeah, but I don't think that's weird though, because we. I don't yeah. either, but no, I I, don't. I think Dell does. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just it's hard to remember. It's hard to so for multiple reasons. One, because I own a restaurant. You yeah. Know, so, uh, but also the difference between small town and bigger city, where there's a stronger. I think there's been a stronger despite the fact that it's Texas and Mississippi and they both kind of suck in regards to like the governors and stuff. Uh, there's, I guess, been more societal pressure um, in the bigger cities to pro- to wait longer for stuff, you know? Um, and so, th- so yeah, it was like when I heard y'all say that, I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. But... Um, 
but it's not it's really not weird yeah not. and and i mean we ate outside like we kind of yeah. mentioned um that was one of my conditions for booking the reservation was like i require outdoor seating if if they wouldn't have had that available i don't even know if we would have stayed yeah right yeah I, as we get like um as we kind of move forward with everything as more of our family gets vaccinated i'm more comfortable doing some of those things that's something i said i think last year or even at the beginning of this like volume two we started this, redoing this podcast in january as i was saying like i mean once we can get vaccinated i feel more comfortable doing a lot of things mm-hmm. um and like i already signed up for like rec league soccer again so i'm excited about that i played like some pickup games with some people but they're outdoors right and i'm not really with anybody i've been looking at the research and, and stuff and you know, they said basically, yeah. You know, there's little reason to fear, uh, like getting the virus if you're having activities outdoors, right? Uh, and uh, so, you know, yeah, that's that what I've read do. recently too. Yeah, some talking about restaurants. We just were having a conversation with my managers today, and uh, we're busy. Like my restaurant's super busy, like busier than it ever has been before. But it's, yeah. it's not full, you know, it never get really gets or stays like full. And there used to be before everything, like we would get like full and people would have to order and then stand around and wait for the fit for a table to open up. Hmm. And that doesn't really happen anymore. And so are people talking, not staying as long or yeah, that's what that's the conclusion we came to is that yeah. I think because of the pandemic mindset is like, even if you do go eat somewhere, it's like you make get it in, quick. you get out, you don't, you don't hang around. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's an inch, it's been an interesting thing. And I've, I've noticed that trend, but I haven't tried to think of a reason why. And that was today was the first time I've really thought about it. And not that, yeah, same conclusion was that it's just kind of a, people don't linger anywhere as much as long, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, it makes uh, sense. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I I also think wearing masks more often is a good thing. Like they were talking about like regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, do you know, you know, I think that the, the pediatrician told you this, right? Like the instance of flu down like almost a hundred percent. Yeah. There was that. basically no flu this year. And so if you're like, yeah, I don't like the flu vaccine, wear a mask and then you don't get the flu. Right. Um, and just people are kind of gross. Yeah. You, I've seen people just coughing or whatever. It's like in college. It's all the we saw the dude. We ordered pizza at like uh, wings and thing. I forget that one place in Denton. And the dude was like combing his fingers through his hair and then like reaching into the pepperoni and like dishing it out. I'm like, come on, dude. That's that's bad. Don't do that. Be doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like people are generally gross. We're not. Very yeah, rigid. we we are. We all are. Yeah. Y'all know you are. I, I think one thing that made me realize that was besides, you know, the last year is that um, just uh, like a month ago, our two older kids caught a cold somehow. And um, so, you know, I really upped the sanitization measures around the house. You know, I was like super diligent about hand washing and not letting anybody touch anybody else's you know cups or water or whatever and fortunately none of you know neither adam nor myself or the baby who was mostly concerned about caught the cold and i was like huh 
So you wash your hands and uh, <laughs> you don't drink after each other. You don't get it. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> it works. Science. Yeah, and there was like a lot of talk about this. I know like masks were really like political there for a while. Like, oh, I need to be able to stick my face out in the world. Um, I think some guy was he's telling a story about how his kid has like I don't know cystic fibrosis. I don't know. It was something crazy. When they get sick a lot, and so they talked to the teacher and then the class about it. And, you know, they, they asked everybody if they could wear a mask. And this was before the pandemic, like 2018. And they did. And a side effect of that was that nobody got colds, right? Like the teacher's like, yeah, this is the first year I can remember where we had, like, nobody out with a cold or the mm-hmm. flu. Usually a cold hits everybody. And, again, with kids in a class, like an elementary school, that kind of deal. And so, you know, it's. It's better. We don't necessarily need to be breathing in everybody's uh, face juices all the time. And I think that the pandemic and everything is is normalized that a little bit, definitely. Uh, I remember being in my office, again, it was like 2019 or something. One of my, my teammates there, he was wearing a mask. Like the same ones we wear now that are so common and ubiquitous. And he kind of stood out to me. I was like, what's what's up with the, what's his face over there with the mask? He's like, like, oh, he's, he said he's feeling a little under the weather. He just wanted to take some precautions. And, you know, I, I was thinking also about um, how, like, in Asia, wearing a mask is a lot more just normal because they've had experience with SARS and stuff like that. And just it's just kind of courtesy where you're like, oh, I'm just going to wear my mask, um, you know, just in case, just to whatever. It's good practice. I don't I, I could see it. I could see it becoming a thing. I It's never going to be a thing here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm gonna wear. A ma- I'm gonna keep a mask with me. I'm not nec- not necessarily wear it all the time, but um, I mean, I was cutting the grass and I got hit in the face with those allergies. Gina thought I caught the cold, that aforementioned cold, and it turns out I was just cutting the grass, and I was just allergic to all the grass I cut. I think uh, yeah. because immediately my throat was scratchy, my eyes were watering. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know. I know what you mean. Yeah. So. The next time, like the next, whatever, I wore the mask, um, and I was fine. <laughs> I mean, the mask that I had handy, otherwise <laughs> I never had a mask. I never owned one before 2020, you know what I mean? So, there you go. Wear yeah, a mask. I, I don't think it's going to catch on. I think, uh, as a whole, our Americans are ready to ditch it as soon as possible. But um, I was going to say, one other weird experience on our a day out into the world was uh you mentioned you know riding in an elevator that day we had to ride an elevator for the parking garage and uh we took our turn to wait for the next elevator after the first set of people got on and then when we were stepping in ours some person walks up and gets on the elevator with us and none of us none of us had masks on at that time because we're still outside and that was very weird to me like it was weird that she didn't think to wait for the next one and then i immediately felt like i shouldn't breathe when she got in because i was like we don't have our masks on i can't breathe in this air uh so that was that was interesting i know that feeling yeah stepping on the elevator with somebody else is weird it does feel weird yeah too close yeah our bubbles our personal space bubbles have definitely gotten larger yeah yeah, and that, that's a funny thing. I, I think, uh, you know, we're talking about how people in, like, Europe are used to being a lot closer to each other. In America, we want our elbow room already. And I think this is just 
broadened it, made it more severe. Definitely. Uh, I you know I have noticed going to like the grocery store. I I'm like, why does this guy look weird? There's something weird about him. You know, I'm just kind of shopping. You know, buying some avocados or whatever, and I'm like, this. Why does that guy look weird? I'm like, oh, it's because I could see his face. That's what yeah. it is. That's what's weird about it. I'm not really used to seeing people. <laughs> what are those things yeah. under his eyes? <laughs> Strange. That weird protrusion sticking off yeah. his off the middle of his face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I feel, um, uh, yeah, I think some people kind of, there's been a lot of conversation about people that are being over, going overboard with it and then like, I'll sum it all up. It's like some people are not comfortable going maskless out in the world. Uh, and then other people are like, yeah, that's because 600,000 people died in a year because of this thing. They're a little traumatized here, man. Show them, give them some slack. And then other people are like, yeah, sure, that all makes sense. But, you know, you got to react to the, the facts or right? the facts are that you can you don't have to do this a little bit. And other people are like, yeah, what about the Delta variant and other deadly things? Or they have other people that are vulnerable in their lives. All that. You don't want to. I think we fall somewhere in like. I don't see the need to take unnecessary risks. I am not uncomfortable uh, wearing a mask. And um, I know that my kids are not vaccinated, like I said. So it. I think it, it's easier if I just put on my mask and lead by example. If I'm wearing my mask, they're wearing their mask. And we've established all through 2020 when we've gone out, you know, taking strategic visits to, you know, like I said, we've been at Lowe's, Home Depot, the grocer, that kind of thing. Um, we've established when we go in somewhere, we wear a mask, right? And so to change those kinds of things, I think sends an unnecessary mix message to the kids. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just wear a mask, they'll wear a mask, we'll be good, you know? And it's, it also has a knock-on benefits that we're not going to get a cold or the flu or I'm not going to get any allergens, so it's just kind of all good. But that's it. That, that's for me. Um, uh, but I also, like, you know, whatever. It's not uncomfortable. It, it's amazing how not uncomfortable wearing a mask is. What do you think, Gene? Yeah, I agree. I I got more into wearing those non-medical masks, the, you know, blue disposable ones you can get. Uh, while I was pregnant because it did actually get harder to breathe through my cloth mask with the filter in it. Yeah. Um, so I switched over during that time. And now that it's like super hot outside, still prefer that mask. But yeah, I I don't mind wearing whatever. It's, it doesn't feel weird anymore. I think I got into a habit of getting my mask and keeping it with me, like in my pocket or something like that. So it's now, and like I just rotate the filters, I wash them, I had a couple of them. So it got to be where like I grab my wallet, my keys, my mask. Um, but it's also, like we got, basically we have, it just, you know, it was pretty easy to just add something else. Got my mask in the car, the disposable ones. Uh, they haven't been making as many kid ones. They're not as available, I, from what I can tell everywhere. That's the thing that's changed in the last few months. There was always a set of available kids' masks someplace. And yeah. yeah. So that's really the only thing I've seen that's, that's kind of changed. They're still available in lots of varieties. But I think, I don't know, maybe manufacturers are like, well, now that nobody's wearing masks, I don't know, 
the general populace finds it difficult to make kids wear masks, so we're not going to make as much money selling them, so we're not, or something like that. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, wear masks, don't, but, uh, I mean, you're taking a calculated risk. So, also speaking of, like, the ending pandemic, I guess, yeah. unless we see a, another flare again from the Delta variant, um, but we... Over this week, you you got me into watching this show online that Alton Brown created, the Quarantine Kitchen, with he and his wife. And uh, so they filmed this, like, over the last year. It's kind of funny watching it now, being kind of late to the game, because those early episodes, you know, they talk a lot about what's going on um, with the pandemic. Like, oh, we're all stuck at home now, or... They talked about the inauguration and stuff like that. So um, it's interesting watching for that reason, but then also for the cooking and conversation kind of peek into their lives. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, – so, again, Alton Brown, if you don't know, he was a Food Network star, I guess, something like that. We've mentioned him on this show previously, what we said. I said I was kind of watching some Alton Brown things to kind of get into – to prep for being in dad mode while you were, you're, like, recovering from birthing a kid. Where I'm like, all right, let me just watch some Alton Brown and kind of get into it. Dell, I, I know you said that you're you're familiar with the guy, right? Because yeah. Funny, um, my brother just texted me and said he's watching an Alton Brown episode right now. <laughs> uh, you know what? That reminds me. They do so this quarantine kitchen. They're continuing it, but I think they call it QQ now because it's just can't. They're not quarantined anymore. Um, that. It's on right now. I think they do a live stream on YouTube. But he has a show right called Good Eats, and you've seen him on that those kinds of things. He's a lot more unfiltered. He is very unfiltered. He's like saying, you know, he's cursing and stuff. Uh, and I think he's funny. He's a funny guy. Uh, a lot more funny than he even is on the show. In these things, a little bit more unfiltered, where you just kind of see him at home. It was cool seeing him as unorganized as I think we all are in the kitchen. Because you see everybody doing a cooking show, and they're like, all right, so you just add one cup of milk a teaspoon of this, and they have everything there. It's all prepped and ready to go. And maybe you feel like that's how it should be. You're like, man, I always have to, like, I always forget something. I got to turn around or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, watching him cook, like, live with his wife there and, you know, doing a live YouTube stream, he does forget stuff. Like, I think he was making popcorn, something as simple as popcorn. By the way, I adopted his method of making popcorn. I like it. It's 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 not very different than the way I made that popcorn was, before, but that I, was I, a by the way in the middle of your by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will he so, find so. his way back? <laughs> yes. Um, he forgot to salt the popcorn, right? And I'm saying that's the kind of thing that makes him very relatable and this yeah. thing totally watch. It's streaming right now. Like they do it Tuesdays. I was just thinking that we are do we record our show while they're doing their thing. Um, so back to what we're talking about. It's funny watching them do their shows like Gino said and kind of talk about it it's funny to be reminded of those feelings I'm like oh yeah like they started doing it about a year ago I remember a year ago feeling like man we're in the middle of it it's June 2020 there's no telling I remember the conversations we were having at work where some people were like I think maybe we can get back by July and I'm like nah man this is gonna go at least to the end of the year and people were like what you're crazy I was like no it's, you gotta be prepared to be you know quarantined, you know, COVID lockdown for at least a year, just based on what everybody said about, like, vaccinations, just the whole deal. 
And, you know, a lot of people are like, what? That doesn't seem possible. I don't believe it. And that's essentially what happened. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. funny. Mississippi too. opened up half capacity at this time last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of that. And then Stupid. we got. Stupid. And then September ups and rolled stuff. around. Yeah. 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 So, um, I don't know. So what's your takeaway on that, Junior? Do you think he's funny? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I feel like I know him a lot better now, which is kind of weird. Um, and he does curse a lot, <laughs> which is refreshing. It's always nice to see people just seem a little more real. And um, he's a dog person, so I didn't know about that. Now I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just other interesting things you pick up on, um, you know, kind of shit that he and his wife are into, their style, stuff like that. And she's, like, an interior decorator, so that's kind of cheating, but... <laughs> He's a big time conservative too, I think. Is he? Uh yeah. well, yeah, he said I think that was part of the controversy. Like Junior, remember him saying that he got he got in some some tweets or something like that. He said he had voted Republican most of his life and you know, like blah blah blah, but he's voting for Biden, whatever. And a lot of people were like, Well, you voted Republican, what's your problem? You're blah blah blah. Yeah. And I think the other thing was that he said that he you know, he was a a member of the Southern Baptist church for a long time like he grew up in that and then a lot of people would call him a lot of names and he's uh you know i think especially somebody that grew up going to like uh um, you know a lot of evangelical things i know i, I mean said none of that sounds very unusual to me right um that kind of feeling or the, those kinds of things that he's saying and i think that oh, there's a lot of people trying to like overreacting to that was pieces of knowledge. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And then also, um, you know, like, I also don't think that he's a, I don't think he's a bad dude. He's, he's, I, I'm just sound lame, but I think that I could be friends with Alton Brown. Like, if he were not famous <laughs> and he were you, just a regular You know dude. how I know you guys are nerds. <laughs> you like Alton Brown. <laughs> yeah. well, I, was, I was like that kind of vibe that he, that on the show, like he was like, he Bill Nye kind of. A little bit, yeah. But then also, like I said, some of the jokes he made, I'm like, I get it. I, I understand where he's coming from. And I think a lot of that is because we kind of grew up similarly. Like, we're not the same guy. He grew up in yeah. Georgia. I grew up in Texas. But and he's like a xenophile. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of stuff I'm like, I get where he's coming from, and I can understand that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean. That's how I feel about Rhett and Link on Good Mythical Morning. <laughs> I feel like it'd be his friend. <laughs> now, I'm saying, if only I, they knew. Am I a creepy guy? Would it be like, I always felt like we could be friends? Like, no, because I know that that's not really going to happen. He'd be freaked out by it. <laughs> but, I mean, and say, worst circumstance to present themselves, I feel like, you know what? I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if me and Alton Brown, you know, could be friends in that, in that impossible, unlikely scenario. But it's not going to happen. So if you feel that way about one of us on the show, don't feel weird about it. But also, don't reach out and try don't to be Don't say friend. it because it's weird. <laughs> that's weird. Because <laughs> then we'll think you're weird. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always the case. Like, I, uh, I, I, don't, I never want to do that. I think some people... <laughs> I made mention of that one time when I was like... Um, I was like... There was a guy on the radio show. The radio show that I listened to. And it turns out my uncle was friends with like the producer of it. Uh, and I just said it. Just I was like, "Oh, that's funny. I've been listening to that show. They do a good, you know, sports radio show, local sports radio show, relatively speaking." 
And I just kind of left it at that. He was like, oh, well, let me call him up. And then he put me on, a ra- on the phone with him. And it was like just a really awkward position for me to be in. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell do I say to this guy? Like, uh, hey, uh, yeah. my nephew likes you. Yeah. Say hi. <laughs> you know I mean, it was, it's very weird. So, you know, it's not going to happen. It's, yeah. it's weird. There's a information imbalance. There. Just, it's just weird. So, uh, you know, awkward for everybody. Don't put anybody in an awkward position. Uh, I don't remember which episode it was. I think you can browse uh, his episodes of Quarantine Kitchen by, like, date, obviously, and then, like, by what they're making that day. But there was an episode that was pretty hilarious because it was a little telling about what gets under his skin. Um, That was the election night episode. Was it the same one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a moment where, you know, they'll uh, interact with people online um, because they're posting it live, right? So people are commenting and stuff. So they'll read some of the comments and respond to questions. And someone made a comment after uh, he and his wife kissed on camera that uh, it was gross, basically. Like, ill old people kissing. And uh, he went off on this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he, like, closed out the show, still pissed, and just kept saying things about this person. Yeah. And it was hilarious. Yeah, so I mean, it, yeah, like, you gotta watch it yourself. But he was like, he was like, basically, I could, I could whoop your ass. I am just better than you. Like he was very upset. Yeah, you even made like a, I hope you go to prison and and get unwelcome Taking love it. kind of Taking comment. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, a lot of it. That's it. I yeah. Totally understand where you're coming <laughs> yes, from, I think sometimes when people are talking to mess, I, I guess you know I'm saying. I totally understand where he's coming from. I think maybe some of it was over the top, but like I said I don't blame him. They're insulting. Yeah, it's like wife. apparently that's that's what uh, yeah. you want to piss him off. <laughs> Tell him him and his wife look old. <laughs> so it, it was like it was funny because which by the way they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the thing is that he was they were saying that they're gross or something like that. Like, yeah. You, you just I mean again what do you, what do you do and actually this person that like talking to him you're. He's welcoming you into their home and you're insulting him to his face. Yeah, pretty much. It's not, it's never going to go well, right? Right. Um, you don't know him like that. You can't, you're not going to, it's not going to go over well. Um, I got, I was shocked by it. Like, I was kind of by myself. <laughs> like, Yeah, you that. watched that episode before me. And, like, um, I forgot exactly what I was trying to do. It was, it was a little bit of a YouTube kind of a, a you know, like a wormhole. I was looking something up to try to figure out how to make something or just like other ways to use a certain ingredient. And I saw just like there, like some Alton Brown, um, like a specific thing. And he was doing like uh, the, the pandemic pantry raid. You know, he's like, hey, I'm all by myself in this uh, test kitchen since we can't do anything. And so I'm going to teach you how to make this uh, coffee that everybody's making, right? Stuff like that. Uh, I think it just got recommended to me. Uh, that one, there was one about popcorn and like cookies or whatever. Anyway, so uh, I, apparently he makes Rice Krispie treats and puts them in back in the Rice Krispie treat box. He said that's how he used to trick his mom. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just eating Rice Krispie treats. And he had already made them and let them set in the box. So he would just eat them like that. <laughs> uh, you know, so then, then it was like quarantine kitchen, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, let me see what this is. Election night steak. I was interested because I saw the steak. Just watching that whole thing, I was like, this is funny. They're very, he was very unfiltered. I was not expecting this dude to curse at people like that. 
I say, just be a lot more real and unfiltered. It's fun. So. To check it out. Totally recommend it. They <laughs> s- they're still doing it. Uh, I think he was talking mess about Martha Stewart last week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was. Uh, they're still doing it. They they did another live show tonight, I believe. And like I said, it, it's cool to see th- like a person who professionally cooks, right? On TV, she had to cook. Messed something up. I think he burnt like the, <laughs> burnt like the teriyaki sauce he was making last week. It, like spilled all over and got all over oh. everything. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's very humanizing in that way, right? You know, like you don't feel like, oh man, I don't know how to do nothing. When I make steak. I don't feel confident in it. Neither did he. He was making that election night steak, and he was like, ah, something's wrong with this, man. <laughs> I should I, send that to my dad and be like, Dad, it's okay. <laughs> Mountain Brown can't get it right at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ended, ended up being perfect, so uh, maybe not. But he uh, questioned it. Yeah, but he, there was a time <laughs> when he was like, this is maybe not. Uh, I'm not confident in it. Um. So, yeah, there you go. Totally recommend that. Alan Brown. You got a whole year's worth of episodes to watch. I mean, it can be a little tedious. They go about an hour and a half. They make a cocktail. They make a, like some food. And some, like, you know, interactions with people. You can tell that Alan Brown is Talks very to their good. dogs. I mean, he was like, I think he went to school to be a cinematographer. He was a cinematographer on, like, a music video one time. Like, you super art. R.E.M.? Yeah, it was like R.E.M.'s video. Oh, nice. like, yeah. He was a professional cinematographer, right? It was not like just some whatever. And then, uh, so what does that mean? It means that he knows how to move the camera around, and it's much more interesting. You can't appreciate when he's talking, less so when his wife's talking, who's not a professional on-camera person. Yeah. <laughs> There's a skill there. And the other thing I could say is that it doesn't sound too different than our podcast. In which case, I'm like, you know, we just had to be famous. Like, Dell needs to be famous with his band, and then people will listen to our show to an exponential degree. Right. Yeah, Dell spend 25 years being famous for something, and then let him know about it. Yeah, hurry up, man. I'm going to try. I'm going tomorrow to start. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Get ready. (laughs) So y'all read anything good this week? No. Like, articles or something like that? Yeah. Anything. Uh, and I yeah. spend all my time breastfeeding. I don't know what y'all do. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have read a couple things. I was reading. I, I was trying to get into like some novels again. It's been hard to just kind of novel pick them up. And so uh, you know, we have a subscription to the New Yorker because we're fancy people, and um, we like wasting money. <laughs> They have like a fiction section, right? And I, I don't know, short stories to me. It, it's always kind of hard to get started on it. It's like watching a new movie. Something like, I don't know. Do I want to watch this? I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch this. I don't know if I want to invest the time. What if it sucks? And, uh, you know, so whatever. I, I read like two fiction items. And they're all right, I guess. Like short stories, or yeah, one's a short story, and then they have a section called novella. And I was like, this, these are not really novellas; these are really short stories. But in, I think in their terminology, isn't that what novella means? Novella is actually a longer short story. Um, I, I read about a this mini uh, novel. I can tell you right now that 
the thing everybody's reference the same way that you say hey like my microcomputer and then my laptop computer right like, like microcomputer that thing's huge it's a big dell laptop you know from like 2001 it looks huge how's that micro well because the computer they're thinking about is like that big giant room one one from the 70s or whatever that took up a whole room same thing the the i guess the first story is like the epic poem right homer's you know whatever iliad or something like that and so like this is not that and also it's new or novel right so it's not going to be a classic tale it'll be this it's our novella something like that right and then um people kind of you know branched off that or continued that tradition um, but then if you have a short one uh, just a short story um the i think the american writers association will has word counts for it but in practice it's not necessarily it lots of things that are considered novels like call of the wild are actually by word count novelettes or novel novellas or short stories sort of whatever it just basically means it's like two things like this is not an epic poem or and shorter than it but it's maybe shorter so yeah to interesting. me interesting short stories i always get have a connotation of like they just kind of start and then they might just end without any real resolution you know and it's not really about like a, a story <laughs> being told even it's just like here's my it's like a mood it's like a mood painting almost you know <laughs> Yeah, and I I like it sometimes, but a lot of times I'm like I can't. I need something that's got like structure, you know. It could be that you're just unsophisticated in maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I do. But uh, Raymond Carter Carver Cathedrals that's a great collection of short stories. If you want to read that, but they're all like that. Yeah, I think um, like say you like Ernest Hemingway, right? You're like I just don't want to read what Old Man in the Sea, Sun Also Rises those books what should i read he has a bunch of short stories and you could read those um but sometimes i don't understand them maybe because i'm dumb and i'm just not into it i feel like it's more like i'm not in the tradition as much and so i don't mm. pick up on all the you know like genre kind of things Trips. yeah it's kind of like you read comics you're like what was that but then if you're into them it all makes sense you're like this is this is actually meta commentary on the whole form itself right here isn't that clever and you're like I guess, man. It just looked like he was wearing red shorts or something. I don't really get it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me of like school. Wait, was it that one story, Gina? It was like Hills Like White Elephants or something like that? Yes, that's what it's called. Um, we didn't know that that was about abortion. I had no idea. I don't know if we're spoiling it. Too bad. Uh, <laughs> that story's old as hell. Um Apparently the story, like the meaning of it, is like about abortion. I read it, <laughs> you know, for Did in school. Not get that out of I'm it. Like, this is about abortion. What? She just says she didn't want to go to, on the train. I don't really get it. what. Yeah, you know, again, it could be that I'm an idiot and I don't know nothing. You know what I mean? But whatever. I know that Ernest Hemingway did like to remove essential details about things and try to get like, you know, it was the thing he was trying to do. Um, you know, get his stories down to the absolute essential pieces to the point where, you know, whatever. He's like, I trust my readers, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know. Could be, whatever. Um, I read a couple short stories, little novellas. Um, 
I do feel like they're a little bit like that. You're just like, what was this about? And I read it. I was like, did somebody just kill somebody here? Did it just <laughs> say that, but in like allegory? Like, what happened here? Yeah. Also, what is an allegory again? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, stuff like that. I, I read a couple. I was trying to just kind of... It's been a long time since I read any short stories or anything like that. What about you, Dale? Mm, I hadn't read a lot lately. I Like fiction or nonfiction? It just... Or anything at all. Well, I'm reading f- fatherhood books, but other w- otherwise, no. Nah, I mean, you know, articles that catch my eye on Google. Of, but night, it seems like probably seventy five percent of them. I'm like, they sound interesting, and I click on them, and it's like Washington Post or the Atlantic or something like that. And I'm I'm perpetually out of my free. <laughs> not free articles so <laughs> i read like a paragraph i'm like that would have been f- cool to read <laughs> i mean you could try to peek through the part that's like a little bit grayed out right yeah yeah oh, can what? i see under the wall behind <laughs> the pay- just behind the paywall i think it's because like a girl I, in lingerie you know you're like can i see, can I see? Can I see? <laughs> the nipple can i see the nipple <laughs> um I, it's like uh I read something in The Economist about education by reading in Mississippi. Apparently, Mississippi has the right idea. Teaching everybody phonics. Teaching everybody phonics. <laughs> Some, uh, I, whatever. I'm pro phonics. Yeah, it's I how mean, I learned. We're interested. I was interested. I saw it on my feed. I think I, subs- I, I follow The Economist on Twitter because I used to subscribe to them. And um, I still have a login. But I mean, you know, it's whatever. Like, so I could, I, I read the article. I was able to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I mean, in summary, it was like there's established best practices for teaching reading, and they largely the most effective way to do it is like phonics. You know, um, like what does the F sound make? Fuh, 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 you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that's how we were. You know, we're interested in it because we're teaching a kid to read, right? So we're kind of doing that kind of thing. And, you know, we were kind of going back and forth. Like, I don't know. We we got like a set of flashcards and it's like, these are sight words. I was like, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll just try to teach these kids how to, you know, like this is fun. Just know that it says fun. And she, you know, and my kids like trying to do the, f- uh, uh, you know, do whatever. I'm like. Yeah, do that, but also maybe just look at it by. I don't know. I was trying to, you know, follow the instructions on the set of cards. Uh, Gina, you were like, I, I was originally trying to do the like the F makes the F sound or the F sound, whatever, that kind of thing. So uh, I mean, it was helpful to see that and get like some confidence in it. Like you said, Gina, you're you're a phonics kind of person, right? Yeah, it's it rarely steered me wrong, except for maybe like <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, but Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Whoever sees that word written, come on, guys. Well, if you know that the that it's uh, you know, um, a Amer Anglicization of an ancient Mesopotamian <laughs> name, and you know the you know the pronunciation yes. guidelines for ancient Mesopotamian names, then it's easy. It's obvious. Right? Mm, naturally, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think the the other way, other ways of doing it kind of like emphasize that and i think people have said like well in actuality what you know like basically it's like 
they they learn it by context. You read the whole thing and you just kind of know. Um, and what, whatever, I, I think there's some aspect to that. To me, I, I don't think any tool is a bad tool as long as you're using whatever. Like sometimes our kid doesn't know what we're talking about, right? Like she'll, she's like, I think she was, I was teaching her like the I sound, right? The how I can make an I, like a short I vowel sound in the long one and, you know, I. And so I was trying to teach her like how to just try to figure things out when she has an unfamiliar word, right? And I think the word was fire. So I was like, so let's practice it, right? Fun, and she's doing that. And I was like, it's either I or I. We can practice them both, right? And we know the R and the E, whatever. And so she did it. She was like, fear. She's like, no, that didn't sound. And then she said like, fire. fire. She's like, oh, I know that one. You know, like it's a word she's familiar with. Right. And to me, I'm like, I think that's what the way of teaching that's like, about like context i think that's sort of what it's trying to get at like saying you already know some english go with that but i don't but it can only take you so far yeah yeah, exactly especially as an inexperienced reader for a child because you only have so many words to draw on yeah yeah so uh, that's what i was trying to like without having read that article previously i was like here's some tools for learning how to figure it out yourself and also in a pinch you know, draw and like trust yourself. You know some words. You know what I mean? Like, what are some words you know? Uh, you're likely not to be reading. You know, comp- you're not going to read medical textbooks, right? <laughs> as as a five year old, there's going to be words you know. You know, you know, the rabbit went to the store, or something like that. You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, there you go. Those are just some things we read. Well, Dell also shared an article. I don't know if you read it, Adam. Uh, I don't uh, like talking about things that Dell shared. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, want to talk about that? Share that one. We, you want to? Yeah, we can yeah, save it for the next time. Yeah, we can save it next time. Me, 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 me. I'm saving it. Right. Maybe, maybe give you a chance to read it. <laughs> we, this is a, this is uh, an extension on your assignment, Adam. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Right. We got two weeks break. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. It what? is interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, we, I, I said we, we could mention it right now. People could read it on their yeah. own. It was uh, with Disney, like one of the kid Disney yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Talking about Just how talking they about yeah the the wealth, uh, the machine of of having wealth and and how it's you know self perpetuating thing and and acts a lot like addiction, you know, um, and she's basically like breaking like a few people that has have i guess decided that it's not healthy for her as a person but also as a as our society for this wealth distribution to be like this and um is receiving a lot she's for taxing wealthy people more and and all this and um not hiding all your your money away in offshore accounts and things like that so you don't ever pay taxes uh, like Jeff Bezos got away with, but um, she's just receiving a lot of hell. I mean, it's it's an interesting. There's a lot of like, I guess, philosophical underpinnings, um, and it's rare to see somebody from that stratosphere to kind of open the door a little bit and let people peek in and and criticize it, you know, because it is such an insulated world, you know. Yeah, I mean, you usually see a lot of class solidarity there. I think um, I, I know, like some of the how was it the one of the Waltons that said this? I know there was there have been a few people that have 
inherited wealth have spoken out about it uh, and said, like, eh, this is not good or, like, we need higher wealth taxes or something like that. And I think Mackenzie Scott, she's out there putting her money where her mouth is, basically. She's, like, giving away, she's giving away, like, $8.5 billion or something like that. She gave an enormous amount to school in Mississippi. Yeah, uh, she gave some to some uh, you know programs here in San Antonio to like UTSA, and to like I think uh, the uh, historically black college here. I can't think of it. What's, what's it called again? I know you're not asking me. Hey, uh, <laughs> what is it? Hey, uh, black person. I can't uh, think of it right now. I can just I can <laughs> picture the campus. I can't think of it. anyway. Whatever you know, I, I, we've said this before, and I think in a to just recap our feelings, and we all kind of settled on it. So they made me speak for all of us. Um, it was like, I think we all grew up in a capitalist society. We're taught the capitalist ideals. Uh, I also think that the nation, our nation has worked best when we had some socialism checks, socialist checks on unfettered, you know, on capitalism. It hasn't been unfettered. It's been fettered. Um, you need a social safety net because otherwise the rich will get richer, control everything, and then it just will be untenable. Um, I don't really have a problem with anybody getting rich as long as they're doing it within certain bounds. And those include not exploiting workers, right? Um, like we saw in the early 1900s, the development of the five-day work week, 40-hour work week, was because it was like this pushback on capitalists saying like, yeah, like we're going to have five-year-olds, whoever, work in our factories until you basically die, and we don't care what happens to you. There was pushback, and they're like, okay, fine. No children, and you get paid reasonably, and you know there's some protections for workers. Um, yeah, so we know what happens when they don't have any checks on them. They take full advantage. They crush the little guy into uh, oblivion. So, yeah, let's do that. And also, let's tax everybody because we know the results say that trickle-down economics, is, it doesn't work. Rich people hoard their money. They spend it inefficiently. And, you know, Sam, the Sam Waltons of the world, people that build fortunes, they don't pass on those smarts to the, you know, kid Waltons. Not necessarily. And so you got a lot of princes and princesses out there that are a bunch of idiots and don't know the value of a dollar, right? And the best, the better use of that is giving it to the people. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, the government is very inefficient. They don't know what's what. That's all true. But it's better be the government than an individual person, right? So um, let us all vote on it, have a say on it, on what we're going to spend this money. Let's all of us spend the money inefficiently than just letting one Rockefeller decide what's good for us, right? So. Yeah, it, it's not the best solution, but I think it's a better solution than just relying on the noblesse oblige of the, uh, you know, I guess of the noblesse, <laughs> of the nobles. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, that's it. Like, cool, Disney person. Not give your money away. Or yeah. shut up. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Gina, did you find any, I don't know, anything new to think about from that article or? No, that's, I mean, what Adam just said there at the end, it was mostly where I was left at the end of it was, okay, is she, she over it? Is she giving it all away? Like, 
No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, cool. I'd, otherwise, I really don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's it's like the same. I think uh, Warren Buffett said the same thing. He's like, I w- we should pay more taxes. Like, well, are you going to? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Scott is honestly the first person that I've seen that I've been like, oh, she might actually be putting her money where her mouth is, you know? Yeah. And uh, some there's a part of me that thinks that it's really just to stick it to Jeff, you know, to kind of like throw the finger at him and be like, look what I'm doing with your money, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that we can't – it's cool that she's doing that, but we really – like we're just relying on her to do the right thing, right? It's very much that Roman thing where like somebody becomes emperor and then we're just relying on them to give the powers back to the Senate. Right. Uh, you know, it's hard to do. You know, if anybody's had any little power, you've seen it in lots of situations, everywhere from the the hall monitor to the president of the United States. People that have a little power enjoy it because it's enjoyable. Right. Mm-hmm. It's great to be able to let like, you go there. Like, I like this power. It's great. And with money, a lot of wealth and resources comes lots of power. And um, you know, it's hard to give that up. So I, I think it's cool that you're doing that, but uh, we we don't want to rely on that. Sure. For, ev- for every, uh, you know, Kid Disney over here and, and uh, um, you know, Mackenzie Scott, there's the Rockefeller family, you know. I think one of whom is like the uh, like Anderson Cooper, right? Is he? Yeah, he's like a Rockefeller. I think so. Yeah. Oh, shit. There's a lot of that, man. They all are. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of those short stories, I was reading the thing. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And they were t- I was looking at the author, and they're like, yeah, she died in 1997. She's Argentinian. She was well-regarded. Uh, and then I was like, oh, her family comes from two of the most powerful families in Argentina. Uh, they were wealthy landowners. Like, oh, she had a lot of time to sit around and write fiction. Yeah? Right. A lot of people don't have a lot of time to sit around and write magical realism. Because they were, uh, you know, working. Can't. It's hard to is sit she, down. And she's was she dead now. Related to Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't care. Somebody, <laughs> it's somebody. Oh, I think it's like Sylvia Ocampo or something like that. So I'm gonna look her up. You can Google that. Um. Yeah. Wasn't. Oh, I found out who supplies McDonald's with all their potatoes. Sweet. Who you does it? Yes. <laughs> no. Bill Gates. Is it really Bill Gates? Yep. Bill He's Gates owns all the farms that supply all the potatoes to McDonald's. <laughs> How long has that been the case? Who knows? The only reason it came to light is because of his divorce. <laughs> currently happening. So, Yeah, see, Bill Gates has been one of those guys that is like, don't tax me. I'm a better judge of what to do with my money than you are. He's been one of those guys, and everybody's right. talked about like the Gates Foundation and how you know great it's been. But again, I don't know that Bill Gates is the best judge of anything, right? So yeah. it's, he can enjoy a lot of money. He can have a lot of money and still enjoy it and still be richer than all of us. But he doesn't need that much money, right. and I think it's a trek. And it's returning to it's very natural, I think, right? Like it's like a, a I used this analogy before. It's like a big tree growing, 
I don't have any issue with the big tree growing, using up all the resources, its roots are digging deep, sucking up all the nutrients from the ground. But eventually it's time for that root, that tree to die and give it all back, right? Right. Um, you know, and, and also, you know, like you extend out and say the tree kind of gives natural, whatever, like it, there's useful qualities of having a big giant tree there, right? You know, birds nest in it, that kind of stuff, right? Great. Bill Gates, Microsoft, lots of people made money. Cool. Um, but in that, you got to return some of it while it's, you know, while you're alive and then after you die. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't see any problem with a big giant wealth tax. Let's take 50% of it. Yeah. 50, that's a lot of money. Yeah, you're dead. You don't need it anymore. Hey, what about my kids? They can live off 50% of your, you know, whatever. $8 billion. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's probably even too much for them, right? But yeah. they can. Let's give it back to everybody else. I think the same way as, like, copyright. I think we were talking about that, about the copyright, that whole thing. I don't mind anybody using that. And that's where I'm, uh, I'm pro-capitalist in that way. But then I'm very socialist in the other way. It's like, it's time to share with everybody else. Well, I've, I've come to believe that all the philanthropy that these wealthy people do is 100% just to have tax write-offs <laughs> and and it's good it's a good PR way to do it you know what i mean it it yeah. breeds goodwill and creates a good a good look for the person and so um, yeah. but if it wasn't getting them anything they wouldn't be doing it well yeah and uh, i don't uh, and I don't even blame them for it because I think everybody's like that. Nobody's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that do a lot of good, but also want to make sure that you see them doing a lot of good. And I don't think that's the best version of good you can do. But you know what? To the people that receive said good, it doesn't really matter. I, there's been times people have helped me out just so that way they look good. In that moment, what I needed more was help. And it didn't so much matter if they were just doing it for the wrong reasons. Sure. I also think I, I flipped that some other times. Like, yeah, this turns out this guy was just, uh, you know, secretly an asshole, you know, or secretly hated Mexicans. But I don't know. He did me right. Like, well, that's mm -hmm. fine. Sometimes the impact, the actual deed is more important than the underlying feelings about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, whatever. I, for, like, ph philanthropy and stuff like that, I don't necessarily care what the motivations are. I just care about the end thing and I don't think that the money that they're choosing to give away is nearly enough or does enough good as the money that we could do with that in taxes yeah. right yeah we'd be paying down people's student debt building up roads and bridges funding schools you know cancel Fun it yeah <laughs> funding for research lots making, of things making America great again <laughs> <laughs> In that, in that way. So, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 18 of the Deranged Penguin Podcast. Again, subscribe. Uh, we're on all the things that you can subscribe to. I think except Spotify, but I'm working on that. I've just been kind of busy with my kid and all. Uh -huh. And the pandemic. Wait, we're, we're going to be on Spotify? You're giving in? I mean, I'll, fig the I'll figure Climb it out. It's, it's more like I got to go figure it out. They have an open API. <laughs> I got to go figure yeah. out how to do it. Also, <laughs> all this walled garden red rhetoric. They have a walled garden, yeah. So, I mean, now they, they open up an API. It's not so Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll see about it. But uh, like, you can't just, they can't just take in an RSS feed. That's I not, which yeah. is the open web. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway. So, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to it on the website. You don't need, and you just use this, 
you know, mod open internet standards. You don't need anything special, right? You can go to the website, derangedpenguin.com, P-E-N-G-W-I-N.com, and click play, right? No proprietary software uses, uh, you know, HTML5. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. <laughs> You have any opinions on that, uh, Jenna? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>